getting out of alignment or getting away from like your brand and your message, like there's no amount of money that's ever worth that. That's like true. I'm a firm believer in that. Like don't chase the money and the dollar. Do it the right way. Be patient so you can say yes to the right opportunities and be able to say no with confidence to the wrong ones. I like it. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. I'm excited today for two reasons. One, because we've got a individual in in studio today for our uh, our podcast. Natasha is going to be joining us today and it is going to be a blast. Lots of energy, lots of valid information that you can take with you and it's very portable. So be, get ready for that. Also, a really, really fun story of how we got connected. So we're going to be chatting about that as well. As we get into the conversation today, make sure you pay attention because we're going to get into the process of how to improve, how to build, how to get your sales team together and actually impact your business growth. So that is going to be the the meat of the conversation today. And I hope that you'll stick around and enjoy that and have some good takeaways. But before we get into the conversation, I do want to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. We've got tons of podcast episodes out there for you to check out that is all related to business ideas, practices, and strategies. You can find them all at lockdoc.net slash podcast. It's all there for you. And you can subscribe to the audio version as well as the video version on YouTube and Facebook so that you can see all of that every single week. We have a brand new episode for you every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. And we don't want you to miss out on a single one of them. So grab a cup of coffee, grab a notebook, ready to take notes because this one's coming at you fast. Natasha, right here on the Coffee Break Podcast. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break. Time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. We're excited. I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm I've been holding on to this story. Okay. We've just been sitting here talking about all of our connections, I'm, and I've been holding on to this story because I, I wanted to I wanted to to surprise you with this. Okay. So uh, I'm trying to think of timeline now. Close to two years ago, okay. uh, we acquired uh, a second branch for our business down in Anderson, South Carolina. Stop. <laughs> oh, you already know. Yeah. No, so, I'm like, that's my hometown. So yeah. Good. So um, I was down there at one point and your mom walked in. Oh my gosh, I know who you, this is so full circle. This is not even funny. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so rem- your mom is is hilarious, by the way, and she's a mess. Is your biggest fan, and I'm hers too. So she, we started chatting, and she was asking a bunch of questions, and I don't even know how we got on the con on the topic of podcast, but she yeah. was asking a thousand questions while we were standing there talking, and we talked about how we had a podcast, and she said my daughter needs to be on your podcast. And I was like, this is so crazy. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, what's your name? She said, uh, Natasha, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, cool. And, uh, a couple of months ago, I got a notification that I had a podcast scheduled with you. And I said, oh, I've heard of her before. And I, I looked at my phone and I was like, this, this person is like, I was like, wow, this, this is, wild. is so wild. So you're sitting here, not because of your mom necessarily, right. but because of another connection, Haley Bohan from yep. Skill Pop. But right. it, it was really wild. So it's that's pretty cool. 
That is such an opening surprise, like such a full circle moment, because I remember I think we connected Mm -hmm. either like an Instagram or something because you said you had met my mom. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to be on. I'm like, yeah, they own security. Sure. (laughs) okay, they got a podcast. I'm I'm here for conversation always. (laughs) And then to like see that full circle and then Haley, like all things are meant to be. I love that. I love that. And I'm my mom's biggest fan, too. Like she that woman is she's amazing. She has a story for sure. So. You're from originally from Anderson. Yeah. Well, I was born and raised in Maryland. Well, no, excuse me. Okay. I was born in Maryland. Okay. And then my dad passed away when we were when I was two months old. Okay. And then we moved to Anderson, South Carolina, because my mom's an only child. Mm-hmm. I'm an only child. My mom wanted us to be raised around me to be raised around family. Sure. So we moved to Anderson, South Carolina, because that's where my dad's family's from. Gotcha. And so I grew up in Anderson. Like that's my roots. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I. And, and if you were to if you were to dial in this whole big big woven conversation that we just had, yeah, the fact of all of those connections coming to life, but also the fact that you're based out of Charlotte, yeah. is even more so wild. Wow, I know. So what were you doing? Now I'm like curious. I'm like, what were you doing in Anderson? So we acquired uh, a business called Ellis Bicycle Shop that is yeah. now LockDock Security Anderson. Oh, my gosh. And so she was in there getting some keys or locks or something. I don't remember what she was in there for, but. I'm, I'm still tripping off of this. Yeah. Like, that is crazy. But yeah. of all people, I'm so glad you met her. So River Street in Anderson, yeah. South Carolina, that's where. I know exactly. What, I'm like, I know where Ellis Bicycle yeah. is. I know exactly where you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a small town. It, it, it is. Small. It's the coolest. It reminds me of the place that I grew up. So I grew up in a little rural area, um, I guess, southwest or southeast of Charlotte. Yeah. Um, and it reminds me a lot of that. But yes. um, anyways, so welcome. Thank you. Because I think it's, 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 this has been really, really cool. That was sweet. Um, so you know, we've been talking through a lot of different connections, a lot of different folks that we yeah. know. But. Before we jump into more conversation, we have to do rapid fire. Okay. Five randomly selected questions just to get under your skin with unknown point values, and we'll give you a score. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's uh, go. I, f- I feel like you're ready for this. If you could lock someone up and throw away the key, would you? And if so, who would it be? Wow. <laughs> if I can lock somebody up and throw away the key, would I? And who would it be? Yeah. I would. Okay. I'd lock up the fear gremlin that literally locks up a lot of people's minds and keeps us from really honestly stepping into what we're called to do and who we are created naturally to be. Mm -hmm. I'd lock that one up. So it wouldn't technically be a person, but the fear gremlin, I'd I'd throw that one away anytime. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. That's a lot to unpack. Mm -hmm. All right. Question number two. Do you think you were ever part of the popular crowd? Uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> I would say I was popular and unpopular, right? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I did a lot and I've always been very social. Mm-hmm. I'm a very big people person. And so I would say, yeah, middle school, unpopular, high school, popular, college, popular. But then like, what really is popular? Sure. Right? Like, mm-hmm. ugh, I don't even like the word. Yeah. But I would say I was very social, mm-hmm. very engaged with organizations, people, yeah. that kind of thing. It's funny. I have a daughter that is in eighth grade. And so she's, wow. uh, she. it's funny to hear her talk about the popular kids at school. Yeah, so. it's a lot. Eighth grade is intense. That's why I was like middle school. No, I wasn't that popular. <laughs> I was a gymnast and I was all yeah. the things that they're like, uh, yeah. I always, I always say it doesn't matter. When it doesn't. It's, it's all going to change in a couple of years. It doesn't really matter. All right. Question number three. What is the last big argument that you got into and who was it with? Oh, man. 
the last big argument. <sighs> I wouldn't call it an argument because I, I, I choose not to like engage that way. Mm-hmm. But I would say disagreement. And it was with a former I guess you would say contractor, okay. person that was working with me and just having a conversation. But I chose not to approach it as an argument because I could tell the person was heated. Sure. And I chose it honestly more as a moment, as like a teaching, like sharing moment, like to give some perspective mm-hmm. as we were parting ways. Yeah. So it's hard to argue if you always win. Th- that. Number four, what food have you never tried? Oh. What food have I never tried? You guys are not playing. This is rapid fire, and she is not rapid right now. <laughs> and they're very random. I Okay, I don't think I've tried octopus. And it's like I hear everybody talking about it with, like, I love sushi, yeah. but I've not tried octopus. Not that I'm opposed, but I haven't. So I'll, I can tell you a place where you could go to try it. And it's That's part safe. of, well, it's, it's part of the, like, all, you pay one price for everything. Okay. And so it's one of those things where you can try it and go, eh. Okay. It's not really my jam. Okay. Or if it is, you don't have to worry about like buying something that I'm not going to eat. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. It's It's not not? bad. No. Yeah. Not bad. Okay. Um, Question number five. What is something that you don't mind waiting for? Ooh, something that I don't mind waiting for. Gosh, Chad, man, something I don't mind waiting for. Um, I would say my son. No. Like, he he is my everything. Like, we've lost our first son, mm-hmm. and we have our son now. And so for me, waiting on him, I've learned, because I can be very like, let's get it done, let's go. But I've learned waiting in those small moments are sometimes the sweetest moments. It's where he wants to have a lingering conversation, or he wants to explain this, or he wants to share that. So those moments, he has taught me the true essence of patience and waiting and then finding those like sweet moments in that waiting. Wow. That's a great answer. Yeah, I've asked that, I have asked that question to a lot of different people and that is the best answer I've ever heard. Thank it's, you. It, it, especially, I think that that's a lesson for all of us because especially impatient people, I'm going to just put you in a classification that you're probably impatient. Uh-huh. Um, That'd be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> when you're driven, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I share some of, some of that. And, um, and, and I've got a five-year-old little boy that likes oh. to give long explanations to things. And My ask, son's seven. Yeah. You know, ask those why it. questions now. And, and it's very easy to just blow through it, but mm. it, it's it, be, taking the time and being intentional with the patients there, I think is, is very insightful. It, it's huge. It's huge. Like I've even gotten to the point where I wake up earlier just so that we have more time. Mm-hmm. So I'm not rushing him. Yeah. Right. Because there's always a rush to something or the next thing or this or that. And so I'm like, you know what? I need to get up earlier. I need to give him more time. I need to linger with him mm-hmm. a little bit more or lay with him a little bit more. I mean, those, those moments are so precious and Honestly, honestly, we children are a blessing and to be able to be a parent. And so that time that I have with him, it slips away. You know, Mm -hmm. it slips away very quickly. So it's like the longer that I can make these moments and I have to sacrifice things, fine. Yeah, Yeah, because when they're 14, they don't like to hang around you. No, they don't. They don't. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. I'm going to give you a score of 1,024. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. Um, What's the highest score? I'm driven, you know, like what's the highest you can get? I have no idea. Okay. Well, I'll let it we'll go, have though. to ask Dan. Dan keeps track of all that stuff. Okay, please. I'd like to know my ranking. <laughs> I have no clue. All right. Um, no, I, so uh, 
again, thank you for joining us today. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited about this. So uh, you are a, uh, a tenured sales professional. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that a good way to put that? Yeah. Um, and but, and now you're you're doing coaching and consulting to help teach other people a process for sale. Yep. So I want to talk about it in context of and, and maybe this this falls in line with with uh, some of some of the things that you're doing now. Small business. And mm-hmm. when I say small business, I can, we're small business yep. in our organization. We have three dedicated salespeople. Awesome. Defining a sales process yeah. is very broad. I talk to a lot of other businesses in our same kind of category and our same kind of size. Right. And there is a struggle, especially in our industry, but just as a whole, I think defining a process, understanding how to how to make things be consistent, understand the, the goal, the long-term mm-hmm. goal, understand what you're trying to accomplish, and that it's not just about selling something, but yep. that you're actually providing a solution and a service. Yes. So I know that just threw out like 22 different things there, but when you're dealing with small businesses, what is kind of the consistency that you're seeing when it comes to sales, either the lack thereof or the struggle that is internal with that kind of sales department? Yeah. Okay. So coming from corporate sales, 16 years doing the sales rep side, the management side, and then being in the entrepreneurial space, what I feel like I've realized big time is I came from corporate sales where we had an internal sales training department. Mm -hmm. Like they create the message, the materials. They're the ones who are like the guiding light of like where we're headed, where we're going, what the goal is. And then obviously from a regional director standpoint, VP sales, all that. Then we have our numbers that we have to deliver to Wall Street, right? So, but the sales training department is what's giving us like, here's your marching orders and here's how you're going to obtain that goal. The biggest struggle that I see with small businesses is that they don't have the funding to have an internal inside sales training department, right? So a lot of times there's this pressure that's put on the sales department or the sales people or reps within the company to hit these numbers, but there's really not true guidance or consistent training or an evaluation of the sales process. It's like, here's this number, go get it done. Like, this is your job. This is what you've been tasked to do. So now I need you to go figure it out. But what I tell people all the time is when I'm talking to uh, like small businesses and even with entrepreneurs, right, is that if you don't have a process, how can you expect them to go obtain said sales goal, Mm -hmm. right? There's got to be a process and there's got to be a strategy. And guess what? That process may change, right? Based on the economy, the environment, um, where you're headed, what your goals are. And that's, I think, the biggest thing that I see is them not having the support. And But that's where I come into play, right? When they can't afford to have a robust, like, internal sales department, research, training, all of that, mm-hmm. is to being able to partner with small businesses to help them have an outside perspective and that kind of support to actually get them to the goals. Gotcha. We understand the frustrations HOA board members and property managers face when deciding the best solution for their HOA and pool security. Should we use a keypad, hand out keys, or install a key card system? Do we even need cameras? These are some of the questions that are difficult to navigate, and we're here to help. At LockDock Security, we've spent over 20 years working with homeowners associations and property managers to find the system that best fits the pool and HOA needs camera systems for the front gate or front entrance, key card systems for the pool gates, or simply updating the gate so that it meets safety and code compliance. We like to take the guesswork out of the process to answer any questions and help find the right solution. 
Our mission is to help you protect your people and your property, and that includes pools. Contact our team today to schedule your free consultation for your community. So when when you start to walk into a business like that, you say, hey, "Okay, here we go." Uh, they they have a they have a, a goal to try to achieve this in sales. Mm-hmm. They've got some people. Process is obviously a bit scattered. We don't have a, a clear line of where we're headed and what we're trying to do. What is the first kind of thing that you have to address? So I'm just trying to position this from maybe I'm a business in in, in Missouri and yep. I'm trying to figure out okay. I feel like I've got a business, but I and I feel like I can grow the business if I can put some sales in place. What's kind of the first thing that I need to address? What's the first thing that I need to assess, maybe? I think the first thing to assess, I mean, from my standpoint, when I'm coming in is, first of all, getting the lay of the land, right? Like, you need to understand the business because a lot of times people from a consulting perspective – they're quick to jump and be like, I know what your problem is. And then here's a solution. It's like, no, you have to actually take a step back, see the lay of the land, figure out the culture and understand what their goals are and evaluate what are they currently doing? Because I don't believe that like everything you're doing is wrong. Certain things just must need, need to be tweaked. And then I think it's, The second part is making sure that you and the small business are in alignment of what you even consider a sales process. Because when you talk to different business owners, even from the owner, right, down to the salespeople, there can be two different ideas of like what the process is. Right. And so it's understanding, like, what do you guys see as a sales process? And then like, here's what it really is. So, for example, like I just finished taking a sort of a sales certification expertise and growth um, through Cornell. Mm -hmm. And it's like a lot of the stuff is not rocket science. It's just the stuff that a lot of times you don't have the time to do because you are in the daily grind. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's pulling it back and saying, what are we doing? What are our goals? What do we even consider a process? And then starting to develop what that looks like for us, Mm -hmm. because you could have Honestly, there could be LockDoc here, LockDoc in South Carolina, and there can be two different sales processes, mm-hmm. right? Because you're in two different cities. Mm-hmm. The economy may, may look different. The customer, who you're targeting. So you have to actually individually approach it and not be like, oh, well, they're doing this over here in the industry. We should too. No, it's actually unique to your business. And the more you can be authentic about that and more like more detailed about it, I think the better off you will be because then you're cultivating, creating something that really matches the the culture and the goals and what you want to establish within your small business for its say said location. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hearing you say effectively that there is no cookie cutter approach that you, you have to really understand your, your target audience and understand your, your region. Cause I, to your point, the sales process in Charlotte, North Carolina is distinctly different from the sales process in Anderson, South Carolina. Massively. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And being from there, I know that to be sure. Sure. It is. It's very different. And you have to know what that looks like. And then you're based off of your sales process, then your strategy is going to look different. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you don't establish the process first and the uniqueness of that process and what it looks like, then it's going to be hard to actually establish the strategy for that unique location. So with that, uh, you're talking about having uh, internal sales training. That's in kind of the corporate world. Mm -hmm. And so that is I think that's very applicable in small business because it's just go get it done Mm -hmm. and kind of figure it out. But the the consistency of the process and understanding, I think that's really the consistency of the process is really the 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 where you're going to have the biggest growth. Yep the struggle is the stop to define the process. Um, And and one of the things that you said that has has really come to my attention a lot, I heard um, uh, someone say this in a a 
uh, presentation that I was attending a, a few months ago. What's obvious to you is not obvious to your listener. 1,000%. How many, how many business owners, how many managers, how many people in the, those positions that you're, you're dealing with, that's the big hurdle that they're trying to overcome. I can see this is the path or I can think that this is the plan, but, and it seems very obvious to me, Mm -hmm. but if I can't figure out how to get that obvious out into a process, then my team or my sales force is not going to be able to execute that. That is 1000%. There's even a difference between, like you said, the manager or the owner or whatnot and the sales team. Mm -hmm. And this is why I'm like, always be growing. Like even as a sales professional, I say I can sell, you know, catch up to a girl in a white t-shirt. I can sell ice to an Eskimo, but like I always, even myself, like I have to constantly be learning, constantly be learning even myself Mm -hmm. to redefine like my sales process, my goals, where are we going, where are we going as a company? And it's like, as a business, I'm like, what makes you think you don't either? Mm -hmm. Right. But I think it's just that sometimes if it's going well, we're making money, Mm -hmm. right? When it sells, you're like, oh, we're good. But I'm like, there's always room for growth, Mm -hmm. right? If you've got a conversion rate of 50%, why aren't we looking for a conversion rate of 70%? Like there's more money on the table. There's more room. And more importantly, there's more people that you can serve, Mm. right? So like when we increase conversion rate, that's just serving more people. That's bringing our solution to more of the right people who need us, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, there's always that room for growth. And that's why that consulting piece is so important because you're saying, hey, come in. We think we're doing some things well, but like, where are we missing the mark? Like, what do we need to evaluate? What should we be discussing? And sometimes it's getting the owners in the room with the sales team, Mm -hmm. right? And letting them get on the same page of like, hey, you guys have these expectations. We're not opposed to selling, but like, this is missing. And sometimes that's like, an eye opener for them. And it's just making them slow down to get in the same room, get on the same page. And it's also revealing to me because I'm like, oh, well, there are some gaps that are there. And so it's just, I always say consulting, it's not me coming and telling you what to do, but it's like, how do we work together as a team mm-hmm. to understand what can we do better? Mm. It's, it's bringing that level of moderation, I guess, to the conversation where you're saying, okay, well, hold on a second. Here's a, here's a, here's a plan to follow to figure out what the plan is that we're going to follow mm-hmm. because we need this information and this input and this outcome and what are our ob- objections? What are the things that we've got to overcome and all this? Yep. It's, it's intriguing to me uh, because, and, and I've had this conversation a lot, so I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but, yeah. um, and, and it, cause I lived in this for a long time is that it was a hard, it was a hard thing to invest in sales mm. because it was, well, we had, we had referrals, all these other things, like we had opportunities coming in. So why even focus on that? Like why put effort towards that? It's already there. Yeah. Um, I, I can I can stand on the other side of that and say that was a horrible philosophy because it changed things significantly when you had dedicated uh, roles for it. Where I'm sitting at in this current moment is is how much is of our process is a bit uh, ambiguous and and what what are we actually leaving? What other opportunities are we missing or leaving mm. out there that are are considered to be there? And so I think that's the case in a lot of businesses because yeah. especially in the in the climate of the market right now, um, there's so much transition happening. There's yes. so much change that you really you have to you have to be mindful and ready for every opportunity because mm-hmm. there's so much there's right. so much up for change at the moment. Right. Well, and I think. <sighs> 
with that said, I think that is such a good point. And I think there comes a time in a business where you have to start making those decisions, right? Again, it's like, yeah, we're doing great, but could we do, be doing better, mm-hmm. right? And also when you put dedicated people in their lane, everybody elevates because then you or whoever else is no longer in that lane and you're able to more focus on what you need to be focusing on, right? Mm-hmm. Like as a COO, you don't need to be in the day-to-day taking calls and co- converting leads. Like that's not where you're needed. Yeah. And so I think when we put dedicated skilled people in their lane, in the place that lights them up, that they are motivated to do, that they want to achieve and grow and learn in, you're only going to grow. But yes, it is an investment, mm-hmm. right? That's just part of business. There's always decisions of, How much do we invest? When do we invest? Are we ready to invest? Sometimes you invest when you feel like you're not ready and you're like, that was the best investment I could have made, right? And I will argue down anybody. Mm. Sales is always the best investment because a business is a selling of goods or services. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't have dedicated people selling, you're only going to get so far. And I think as COOs and owners, we we sometimes bottleneck. Mm -hmm. We become the problem, right? And especially in this day and time with social media, I I say it all the time, people think about sales last. Mm -hmm. And it, and it, Oh, it, it grates me because I'm like, your business is based on sales, but they want to focus on everything else, mm-hmm. the branding, the market. And I understand that stuff is important, but at the core, mm-hmm. like you need a product mm-hmm. or a service and you need to be able to sell it mm-hmm. at the bare minimum. And so why is it? It's one of your foundational pillars. Like you cannot afford to not focus on sales. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all on that. Yeah. You have developed uh, a couple of different systems, and one of the things is uh, kind of a five-step formula because you're trying to, or a four-step formula, whichever one we'll get into, but you, you've got a process of understanding how to think more like a professional sales individual versus just, uh, I guess, sell as needed type mentality. Well, yeah. give, give me an understanding of that. Yeah, I won't go all deep in it, but I think there's a couple of like really big pieces that have to be looked at that you all should should be focusing on, right? Mm -hmm. Is one, obviously your sales process, right? Mm -hmm. You must have a sales process. Um, But then you also have to have the sales strategy, right? Mm -hmm. The sales strategy is important. But the thing that I think people miss a lot of times is they think that it's about the process and the strategy and what do we say and what's our sales messaging and da 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 da. Sure. But it's also just as important to be focused on the communication and the energy. Mm-hmm. Do we have the right people? Are we understanding how to con- communicate our sales message um, from a place of confidences and grace? Are we able to, are we connecting with our right people? Do we understand our pricing? Are we evaluating that? So it's the communication and the energy are just as important as the process and the strategy. Mm-hmm. And people miss that all the time, right? Like there's that is a real thing because sales truly is communication. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it's so much communication and energy. And I tell people all the time, like, if you don't love it, let it go. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if you're in a sales position, you don't love it, let it go. Move on. Because I'm the person, I believe, and the fifth thing I would say to add to that is selling with heart, not hustle. Mm-hmm. Like, it is what I hang my hat on. It's trademarked. And I fully, fully believe in that is that there is a way to do sales that does not have to be hustled. Yeah. Right. Because let's be honest, mm. no one likes to feel hustled. Yeah. Like the, no one likes to feel like that. And so that's kind of like my five prong approach around process, strategy, communication, energy, and then how to do it from a place of heart, not hustle. And that's just like my secret sauce on the, I, on the top of it. I, I, I want to just, I guess, applaud that because the I remember this several years ago uh, whenever whenever I was in charge of, of putting proposals together and mm-hmm. getting pricing out 
um, I had a customer ask for option A and option B. Mm-hmm. And I provided them option A and option B. I didn't think option B was a good option. Option A was the better option. Mm-hmm. And so I provided it to them and they chose option B because it was, it was less money. And then they, they did that and it didn't work. And so when we went back and started to reassess it, I said, well, that's why I offered you option A. I didn't think option B was a good option. Yeah. And, and all of that to say this, the response that they gave me was, if you didn't believe that it was a good option, why did you even quote it? That, oh, man. <laughs> Chad, let's go in. Let's go there. That's good. Go ahead. And no, and, and it, it is, I mean, that one interaction, and I can't even tell you when it was, but it was, it was more than seven or eight years ago, maybe even closer to 10 years ago, and it sticks with me all the time. And we, we talk about it internally in our organization. If yeah. we don't believe it's the right solution, don't even price it. That. Be, yeah. And so that's the heart, not hustle. That's, when you say heart, not hustle, that's kind of the, the philosophy that I'm, I'm triggering. 1,000%. When I say heart, not hustle, I don't mean like, oh, I love my business. It's great. Like, no, there's strategy and process behind it. (laughs) Trust me. But it's like you have the heart to serve the people who need you. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, they're the solution. You're a solution to their problem. Mm -hmm. How can you best serve them? It's not about your business. It's not about your bottom, but your bottom line Mm -hmm. or your top line or your sales goals and your quoting your it's about the person that you're serving. Mm -hmm. And if you know what's best for them, then you should be able to communicate that from a place of confidence, ease and grace, even if it costs more money. Mm -hmm. And that is what sales is about. Like it's the developing the trust and leading them because here's the deal. They're coming to you with a problem. Mm -hmm. They're not lock dog. Mm-hmm. If they were lock dog, they wouldn't need you, mm-hmm. right? Like they have a problem and they need you to be the solution. So they're already in the palm of your hand. They're trusting you to guide them, mm-hmm. right? But you can't guide people unless you find out what they need, why they need it. And then you get to tell them what the best solution is. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we flip it and we're about the hustle. Mm-hmm. We're all about talking about how great we are, what lock dog does, why we're the best, why did it, well, like you're not the best for everybody. No business is for everybody, nor do you want it to be for everybody. Because mm, I say, everybody is not your client or customer, and you actually really don't want everybody's money. Because yeah. everybody's money ain't good. Okay, mm. It's not. It's just not, right? But it's like, how can we lead people, even if it costs them more money, and do that from a place of confidence and integrity, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I tell people when they get on a call with me, whether it's for a consulting, coaching, it doesn't even matter. Like, my values, mm-hmm. integrity, transparency, authenticity. And I ask them to deliver the same when engaging with me, when we're negotiating, when we're at any point, because I'm there because I care about them. They're there because they need me. Why would I lead them to a place that is not good for them, mm-hmm. right? And if I can't help them, mm-hmm. then I will refer you someone else to yeah. someone else, right? And I believe like when we do business like that, that's what sell, the, the, the bottom line of that sales piece, that communication energy, that trust. Mm-hmm. Because when you take care of people like that and you deliver on what you say mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. and you're doing it from trust, integrity, confidence, ease, grace, they will re-engage with you. They will refer you. And the business comes. Yeah. And those are the people where they're like, man, you know what? Chad and LockDoc, that team, like, I'll, yeah, does it cost me a good bit of money? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I have trust. I know they bring a valued product. Mm-hmm. I would refer them over and over and over. And that's the way you want people to speak about you, sure. your business, your company, your culture. 
you can tell I get hot. Oh no, like, but, I get excited about the whole heart. I mean, it's so it's so valuable. Well, I I, I agree with you a thousand percent. I've experienced it on 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 kind of both sides, mm-hmm. and I think the the hesitation, especially when you're trying to 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 grow a business and you're looking really, and if, even if you're just looking at numbers, uh, hey, we need to hit these these marks then you yeah. can get distracted very easily with just trying to provide something. Cause I don't want, I've got this opportunity. I don't want to let this opportunity go. So I want to yep. provide something. And I, I recall, uh, you know, so if we were to go back in, in kind of that history, I had, I had one person say, if you didn't believe it, why did you quote it? Mm-hmm. Fast forward a few years later. So I started to process that all the time. Mm, and we had, we were uh, presenting in front of a, a board for a, 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 for an installation and um, provided what our solution was. One proposal, we, we started minimizing and eliminating the multiples. One solution, this is what we believe is the, is the best way to do this. And they said, well, somebody else said they could do something else and it's cheaper. And I said, that's, that's awesome. Here's, here's my philosophy on it. This is, I believe, we, we're very big on cloud solutions here, things that are connected to the internet. Yep. I believe this is the best solution long-term for you. And if you choose not to do that, that's perfectly fine. No hard feelings. When you get to the point that you want to do this, then we'll, we'll have here. this conversation. And the, it was so cool because good, five Chad. years later, we were back in the same board meeting with this with the same group and the there was a gentleman in there that remembered so the board had changed over there was mm-hmm. new people there was one person that was still there and he said before we start this meeting i want to just say this <laughs> lockdoc is here and they were here five years ago wow and uh this i remember this is what they told us you can choose not to go with us and go with a, a cheaper solution and when you're ready to come back and and do it this way then <laughs> and the way he spun it he, he said and they said, pretty much said, when you're ready to do it the right way, you can call us. That's not what we said, but right. that's what he heard. <laughs> right. And, and so we, we eventually won that business, and we didn't have to install or provide something that we didn't believe in. Yeah. So it still came back around down the line. And it just kind of reinstituted and, and confirmed that these are the, the elements. So yeah. we've still got a lot to grow on and a lot to work, work on. Yeah. But I can tell you in those exact scenarios, when you say heart, not hustle, that hustle would be, okay, well, uh, if they said that they could do that, well, we can reconfigure our quote and match what they're doing and give you the, the better price and blah, 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 just to get the sale. Yep. And then we've owned a chaotic installation. That it's, it, it, I, there is a balance, right? Mm-hmm. There's the numbers but then I also believe in the patience, yeah. right? When you say no to the wrong opportunities, mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to say yes to the right ones, mm-hmm. right? That are not going to cause you guys more headache. Mm-hmm. And I think also as companies, you need to be thinking as owners, mm-hmm. right? Because you are the decision makers when it comes to sales or consulting or who you're bringing in or what training or coaching or whatever it is, mm-hmm. Right. You need to also not be thinking about yourself and your numbers. You need to be thinking about your team. Sure. Like last year, I made a decision to not do a couple of things that was a lot of money not happening. Yeah. But I also knew, okay, that means my bottom line and my top line are going to suffer. Yeah. But my team will be better because of it. Yeah. Because I'm not dragging them through something that is not the right time Mm. and that we are not 
that we no longer need to be engaging in. And it's like, when you do that, it affects so many other things. Your team stays with you longer. You have tenure, you have better employees versus if you would have did that and went and be like, oh, we're going to go do this thing. And even though you can, Mm -hmm. I would say just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? So if you guys would have came away from what you know, what you stand on, which is cloud Mm -hmm. and was like, okay, we're going to do this old school, whatever. Mm -hmm. You had to have tech people all the place, stuff breaking down. You're not moving where the trend of technology is you're not owning actually what your brand message is and what you say you do. Yep. So then when they go and they're complaining, they're like, yeah, they install the system and it doesn't really work. And it's like, yeah, we don't really do that. But it's like, you said yes to that. Yeah. You said you do, even though that's not really part of your message. So yep. it's like that integrity piece of like getting out of alignment or getting away from like your brand and your message. Like there's no amount of money that's ever worth that. That's like true. I'm a firm believer in that. Like don't chase the money and the dollar, do it the right way. Be patient so you can say yes to the right opportunities and be able to say no with confidence to the wrong ones. I like it. Can you copy this key? That's a question we get asked about 3,422 times a year. And how can you actually be sure that the person who asked that question is supposed to get a copy of that key? Well, we think you should always know who can copy your keys to your business and your home because it could be your neighbor, an old employee, a contractor, or even worse, your mother-in-law. At LockDock Security, we believe in protected key systems, so you always know who has a copy of your key. To find out more, visit LockDock.net or stop by our Charlotte location. LockDock Security, helping you protect your people and your property. Practical, tactical. Moving on, on, yep. on to that, because I want to be mindful of our time, because I think we're, we're getting close to that mark. Yeah. You come in and help. You teach classes. You consult. You you help kind of wrangle uh, a, a, a an orthodox sales process. If I were in a position and said, "Hey, I'm interested in bringing you in to help with this," mm-hmm. what is what should I expect from that process? Kind of a, a time frame, kind of the steps. What what am I looking at to say? Because oftentimes, I think when when you're talking to business owners, it's the headache, the hassle, the time investment, all of those things. So yeah. it's a kind of push it off from your perspective when you're when you're br- when you're bringing that to the table. What uh, what would I expect in that situation? Yeah, I think the the first thing is is discussing realistic expectations mm-hmm. because no doubt business owners when we're talking sales people want quick. Sure, they want quick. They want increase in conversion. They want money. Mm-hmm. Like let's do it. Yep. And I tell people like what I'm always good at. You got two hours to teach our sales team how to do this better. That I need you to increase that conversion rate from fifty to seventy percent in like uh, two weeks. <laughs> I'm like, first, let's talk about realistic expectations. Number one, right? I'm coming into a business. I need to understand the business. Mm -hmm. I also need to get to know your salespeople. Like that's important to me is like, I need to know them Mm -hmm. because again, those are the people who are communicating and sales is not just about process and strategy, but it's also about communication and energy. Who have you put in the seats? Mm -hmm. Who are they? What do they want? What are they driven by? So for me, it's like assessing what's there, but also at the same time. So I'm kind of almost like dual operating. Mm -hmm. I'm operating with the sales team. Operated with the managers, we're getting the expectations, and then I bring them together mm-hmm. because a lot of times it's like <laughs> owners and stuff. They want to tell you like, "Hey, we need this done. We want this. Mm-hmm. Okay, go figure it out." Yeah. Right? And there's this disconnect, mm-hmm. and that's usually half the problem. The disconnect is because there's no communication, no alignment within the company. Sure. Right? So let's also have a meeting where we come together. Mm-hmm. 
we talk about like, what are the expectations? What do we want to do better? What are we not doing well? What do we want to do better? What's the ultimate goal Mm -hmm. or the ultimate three goals? So I'm assessing. So I'm kind of doing multiple things at once, like assessing, learning, getting to know the culture. I'm a person. I am a big people person. I want to be like boots on ground, Mm -hmm. right? Even if you're in California, it doesn't matter. Even if you're in London, it doesn't matter. I need to be boots on ground a couple of times because I want to be in the space. I want to be in the culture. I want to hear the language. I want to sit with them. Who's making the calls? Or do we have outbound? inbound. And then I think it's like once bringing together and saying like, because this is interesting too. Sometimes, sorry, sometimes you will find that the goal that they say they have Mm -hmm. or that they want, once you bring them together, they're like, Ooh, like maybe that's not realistic. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to reevaluate our goals and here's what the first step is. Right. So figuring that out. And then I come up with that process and that strategy of what that can look like. And again, walking alongside of them. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I always say this, when I say yes to a client, I'm giving you my best yes, mm-hmm. right? And so also I want your trust and I want to become a part of the team because that's it. Like I integrate myself into that. Sure. I want to be like, oh, hey, Tasha, like she's working with us. And especially that's important when you're talking to your sales teams, mm-hmm. because sometimes there's a perception of this person is here to tell us what we're not doing well. Mm-hmm. They're going to observe us or they're trying to figure out what I'm not. And you can't really get to the underbelly of what's going on when you've got people guarded, right? So let me be in relationship with them to say, hey, I'm here to make your life easier, their life easier for us to hit these goals and let me evaluate what's working, what's not and be honest with me. So it's, it's a lot. It's not just process strategy, it's communication, energy, mindset, trust. So would you kind of consider yourself a, a bit of a fractional sales instructor? Yeah. So you basically come be- and integrate yourself into the business as a sales instructor that you would normally have in a large corporate setting, but we don't we're not at the place to have that, so you're just kind of there as necessary. 1000%. Because when you look at corporations, I'm talking about like billion dollar. I was on the medical side, both pharma and medical device. Mm-hmm. So I'm we're talking about major. And I work for the one number one of the number one, like the largest medical device company in the world. Sure. Like if it's there if there's a device inside or outside the body, they make it. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at corporations like that, when I say they have an inside sales training department, mm-hmm. it's not even just And it's per division, Mm -hmm. like per disease state, right? And so when you look at their internal department, they're doing research, they're doing market research, like massive projects. So before a product even comes to market, they've already been like working with research and development and tech. And so there's this message that's evolving. And so by the time it comes to us, Mm -hmm. it's like already been trained, like shaked out. Um, They've run it through the territory secretly in certain areas. They piloted it, they've researched Companies, small businesses don't have that. Like you don't have that. And nor do you need that much, right? But you do need to evaluate and you need to have somebody come in from an outside perspective because let's be real, Chad, like that's not your job. Mm -hmm. You don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. You're in your lane. There's other people in this business that are in their lane. And even when you have a sales manager, Mm -hmm. that's not their lane. Mm -hmm. So um, it is part of that. Um, And then that, aspect of like team and communication and then setting a realistic timeline of like what that looks like because that's not the same thing as like I'm working with a like a solo entrepreneur sure that might be like a three-month thing right and and sometimes companies and corporations from a consulting like perspective sometimes it's three months but sometimes it can be more like six months sure Okay. So, so, so it's a, an evaluation uh, first, Once you, then you can kind of get a timeline, but it could be anywhere from a three to six month process yeah. to kind of get it. I mean, around. and sometimes I'm with people for a year. Mm-hmm. 
like that's what just they prefer. They prefer longevity. They prefer the relationship. They prefer like a progression of growth. We're going to start here. This is what we're going to first work on. Then we'll move to that. So it just honestly depends on the company and their needs. Gotcha. Very good information. I'm, the, lots of energy, lots of excitement. Um, I think the, the big takeaway so far is is really having a process, having a strategy, um, and then really understanding how to implement that, right? And mm-hmm. and be checking back in on it regularly to, to see how those measurements are actually adding up. Yep. Very cool. Uh, you've got some online courses as well? I do. I have one online course. I'm okay. all about make the main thing the main thing. Main thing the main thing. All that right. is a problem with companies too, is y'all like to make it 20 million things. And I'm like, you cannot expect your sales reps to be focused on 20 million things, right? Yeah. Um, there are seasons and times and quarters. But for me, I first started out working with companies and then individuals, entrepreneurs, to figure out like what's the common theme here? Mm-hmm. What's the common thread? It's kind of like what you first asked me. What do you see most often? Mm-hmm. And then decided to develop a course because I think sometimes we as people who have been in an industry or you're in your expertise or your lane, you're like, I know what they need. And I'm like, do you really know? (laughs) Right. Work with your people first. And so then I developed this course and it's called Hello Clients, Hello Cash. Okay. Because the client is first, Mm -hmm. then the cash comes. Um, So it pairs nicely with (laughs) sell with heart, not health. Yeah. Yeah. And so I developed it. And at first we used to run it live and then we've now taken it to an evergreen model where anybody can come in at any given time. Mm -hmm. So there's this paste course around sales, how to develop out a sales process, but there's also mindset stuff in there because a lot of people don't like sales. They are fearful of it. They don't like it or they have these misconceptions. So we have to deal with mindset stuff. Also, so it's the mindset piece, but it's also how to develop a sales process, the sales message, and then even down to the nitty gritty of like how to run a sales call, um, pricing, Mm -hmm. right? Follow up. How do you actually really follow up um, and engage? And then also closing. So it's looking at all those pieces and then the sales strategy. Mm -hmm. And then there's a live component of it where I'll come in and I coach live. And then also have guest speakers that come in and actually share their expertise. Very cool. And I can find that out where? That is at NatashaHemingway.com, which is everywhere else too, backslash hello. All right. That simple. And then for LockDoc, anybody that hears this, we're offering anybody with LockDoc that joins the course, there's, you can use the promo code LockDoc300 Mm -hmm. and then you'll be able to get $300 off of the premium level. Awesome. Very cool. I'm excited uh, to check that out and I'm excited uh, that we've had this conversation and I'm glad that we finally got to meet. I know. Chad, this was awesome. Like such the best opening surprise story and such a full circle moment. I'm still like... (laughs) tripping off of but thank you for having me and thank you I would say for doing what you guys are doing like I am beyond impressed I walked in here and I'm like wow wait a minute like it's a security company but there's so much more and I think it's an actual I told you this earlier so I'm not just saying this because but I think it's a brilliant um, idea and strategy but also a way for you guys to truly be a resource to other entrepreneurs your peers people in the industry and people who you serve so thank you for what you do and then thank you for allowing us to be a part of this and to share knowledge and conversation it's really really fun it was great to chat with you Natasha Hemingway Man, oh man, thank you very much for joining us today. It was a pleasure to meet you, pleasure to chat with you. Look forward to staying connected with you and having lots of conversations in the future. If you'd like to connect with her, make sure you check out her website and all of the information there at natashahemingway.com. Lots of information, check out that course. The uh, code for the discount is going to be in the show notes, so you don't want to miss out on that. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. Stuff like this. 
It's coming at you every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. You can find out more at lockdoc.net slash podcast. And we'll see you next week right here on the Coffee Break Podcast.